Okay, hi. This is our bonus episode. We have a new guest. Hello. <laughs> our wonderful friend, Ben. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> oh. This is uh. our friend, but we met him through Ashley's husband, Brett. Yeah, and yes. I wanted to ask you, because I don't actually know how you and Brett know each other. Well, me and Brett, we, we grew up in the same neighborhood in Wyoming, Michigan. Oh, you did? I yeah. did not know that. Oh, what? You've known each other f- that long? Oh, yeah. But but we didn't become friends until Camp Mana, the, the movie we were oh, both oh, in. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, we, 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 so we always, oh, that's a funny story. Yeah, tell us. <laughs> tell us that story, please. Because so, Anna doesn't know anything about Camp Mana or what that is or that anything. that movie with uh, Jimmy Tatro. Jimmy Tatro. Why don't, why don't you explain what uh, Camp Mana is and your connection to it? So Camp Mana is a feature film that me and Brett were on. Um, and, uh, it, you know, stars Gary Busey, Jimmy Tatro, Joey Morgan. But, uh, yeah, I got to go to a summer camp for like uh, two, two months. But that's where me and Brett met. And um, we stayed in the same cabin. The director, Eric Johnson, Brett's brother, put us all in cabins. Mm-hmm. Like we were really at like camp. Like a real camp. Yeah. I love that. Oh, we were just, oh, it was the best time of my life. Yeah. You probably felt so young oh. again. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I mean, we ate in the mess hall. We, it was, yeah. It was I love that. Best time of life. Best time of life. Best people. That's Eric Johnson. So cool. Your, your husband, as you, you know, I mean, not to, I'm not just saying that because we're on the podcast, but um, good dude. Yeah. Good dude and his brother, Eric. Um, director and yeah they gave me a part and uh, bred a part too and um, yeah best time of my life on this beautiful lake torch lake we filmed on and um, we would take baths in the lake na- naked oh you know. cool really? uh, oh yeah yeah but but no the, wonder it's the best time of your life oh, <laughs> sounds oh, awesome <laughs> the the oh, I have so many funny stories about that movie but uh, I'll get back to the movie but Brett I was always intimidated of Brett growing up Oh, oh, so you knew him growing up. You I, just I, you didn't really become friends until no, adulthood. We were like kind of like intimidated by each other, and we didn't find that out until we stayed in a cabin together. Oh. But like, I always saw him as like this big, tall, like basketball player, and uh, he just has this look on his face like he's just a tough mofo. Yeah. But but he's not. No, he's not at all. <laughs> not no, at all. not and, at all. He's and, a um, big teddy bear. Yeah. He's he always is very quiet. But I didn't find this out that we both kind of like kind of grew up together I, I knew his brother really well eric johnson really really well but i knew brett from a distance and we found out we were both kind of like not that we didn't like each other but we were just kind of like a little intimidated of each other because you're a big tall dude too so yeah, it's I'm, like you guys fellow both, tall guys it's rivals well i think it's like the the male thing like you told, you height know, is a big thing i feel height, like yeah height he's huge he's six he's a legit six four and um i'm maybe six six one in my in my shoes but then we became really close on Camp Mana, staying in the same cabin. And I was telling Ashley this already. It, Br- Brett is so humble and he's so low-key genius. And I, I mean this like he was also a producer on the film. Him and another director were filming me the entire time. Like I was a, I was a character in the movie, but then they were making a movie about the movie. Yeah, weren't you doing like behind-the-scenes stuff? I was doing behind-the-scenes yeah. stuff. And everyone... <laughs> they just i don't know they just like me just being me and so they were filming me all the time and um i was your character i'm I a know, character you're hysterical yeah i'd and, watch a movie about you oh hell yeah <laughs> you know i you know what i just you know what i was do you talk to yourself always I talk to myself a lot. All oh, the yeah. time. From okay. morning to night. So I'm not the only one, right? Oh, no. I'm more often than not, I'm so talking to myself. I'm a, big, I'm a big, like, 
like I think about you, I think about you, not all the time, but in my day. <laughs> not an unhealthy amount. Not, no, not an unhealthy amount. <laughs> but I think about Anna, I think about you, Ashley, and I think about Brett, and I just think about like, like I live alone um, in, in Santa Monica, and um, I, I love I love my life, I love where I live, but you you know you live alone, you get a little little lonely, and I think about like I would just like if Brett came over with a camera. And I could just tell them about my house, you know. Like, oh yeah, oh, really? yeah. That, yeah. That's all I like to. That's all I like to do is invite people yeah. in. So my apartment, I got lucky during the pandemic. I, I got a great deal, mm-hmm. and so I'm very excited about it. I I got it for nineteen forty five a month. Nineteen forty five. Wow. Damn. Brett said it's awesome too. Brett said it's like an amazing place. It's awesome. It's three bucks from the ocean. It's oh. a gift. My friend, my one of my friends walked in. He just did a movie with Mickey Rourke. I know awesome. I'm, I'm throwing out these names and stuff, but like, I don't. That's LA, baby. Yeah, it's yeah, LA. Yeah, we live in yeah, LA. Yeah, people love to hear oh, it. Oh, it's LA. Yeah, so my friend just did a movie where he was wrestling with Mickey Rourke. He came in. He's from Spain. John Mejia. I can't even say his name, but uh, just a young, handsome actor, you yeah. know, very, very handsome. Yeah, he goes in and he says, your place is a gift. Oh, I can't even do a Spanish accent. And and when he said that, I was like, "Oh, thank you!" Like I was like, "Yeah." yeah. And so, God, I got an ocean view. So why I go into all that is just because I like to share exciting things that happened in my life. Like probably you like to share exciting things in your life, and and Ashley too. And so, um, over the years, I have collected. I have artwork. I have a wine collection. I have oh, wow. I have um, little knickknacks, you know, yeah. that go everywhere that fill the house. Everything I found in the garbage, not literally in the That's garbage. That's so cool. For the audience. In LA, people just put their stuff just on the side of the road and you can just take it. Yeah. And it's good stuff. <laughs> I laugh about it because I have I have this wine collection from eight different countries all over the world. Sounds fancy, right? Yeah. Of course. Very fancy. No, I do. I have yeah. a wine collection because I just I've I've learned to have more passions than just acting, you know. And so um <laughs> but so I have wine from New Zealand, Spain, Portugal, South Africa, uh, France, and uh, United States. And, um, oh gosh, there's one more. Do you have any from Italy? Italy. Amazing. <laughs> Italy is the best wine. So I, have, so I have wine from eight different countries. Yeah. But but I always preface this, and I shouldn't say this. I should just say, hey, hey I have wine from eight different countries. What, 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 um, what wine would you like? Mm-hmm. But no, but it's all. <laughs> thank you, Ashley. Ashley's laughing because Ashley knows me yeah. really well through Brett. But the, but the the problem is is that it's all under ten dollars from Trader Joe's. Okay. Oh yeah, okay. yeah. It's not like I went to the countries. Yeah. But, but but yes, I feel like I let the air out of the room. No, but it's I, hilarious. I, <laughs> funny. I sounded really um, extravagant. But but no, yes, I wish I would. I wish I went to the countries and brought them home. Well, one day you will. You will. Oh, I know. You can do it you as will, you travel. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you have any funny stories from Camp Mana? I heard that Gary Busey was a real Gary character. Busey, if he hears this or not. I don't I, I don't think Gary's I a won't big fan um, to him. <laughs> personally. He does not like me. He doesn't. Oh, really? No, His no, no, loss. No. He has terrible taste then. I remember hearing, though, that he his memory is basically non-existent because one of the directors, mm-hmm. he ran into him like months and months <laughs> later. He had no idea who the director was of the oh. movie he had spent a couple of months working on. So, so don't take it personally, Ben. Gary's crazy like a fox, though. You have to. Oh, oh yeah. Like oh, kind yeah. of sharp, even though he's oh, not. Oh, he's sharp, but he acts like he's not, but he's sharp. That's part of the game. <laughs> 
He's a game. He's a yeah, player. Interesting. He's a player. Oh. He's a player. Gary, a, B, you're here to hear first. Ben Gary Busey's not player. Oh not no, in the beauty. Because I'm, I'm a little bit of a fox too. So a fox knows a fox. And uh, no, no, he did, he did not like me at all. So my backstory was is Gary thought that I was a local actor from Traverse City, excited to be on the film. Oh right, because you shot this in Michigan. Yeah. So Gary thought that I was, um, I think, just a new kind of a, a newbie and just mm -hmm. excited but that was the character i was playing so he had no respect for me number oh, one ew. he didn't and but but the thing is is that my job on the whole film was to get an interview with gary Busey. i was interviewing everyone for the behind the scenes so the whole thing was is gary kept saying i'm not doing an interview with him i'm not doing an interview yeah no he didn't like him at all well why He's, I mean, who, why, why would you be opinionated about who you're doing an interview with? I don't, I just don't know if it was my vibe or anything. And I, and I get it like most people get along with me, but like not every, not everybody in the world is going to like you or be your vibe for whatever right. reason. Yeah, so totally. I, I've totally accepted that now. But the thing is, is that if you get a chance to watch my interview with Gary Busey, I will, it's gold. Really? Oh, yeah. I've never seen it. Oh, I want to watch that. Yeah. yeah I want to see it. Because it. Yeah. Because it was no acting. Because Gary just starts out, uh, he's an Academy-nominated actor, and I'm sitting across from him. The first thing he tells me is, listen, dude, just calm your vibe down right now. This is all on tape. No, but I got Like you're just you're sitting there? You haven't even started? I was starting to ask him this question, but my, my character was a bit like, kind of a noob, kind of like, my, my character was like... Excitable, very, excited very, to be there. Very excitable, very like... So I, the backstory was basically like... It's so hard because life imitates art sometimes and vice versa. And like my character was like a guy from Traverse City who had never been, been been with a woman and all he wanted to do was get married. And then he this movie comes to town and he's on set with the movie. So that's like my backstory is like Oh gotcha. Oh, okay. Kinda like um just like, oh hey, hey, I'm gonna The I'm, good old boy. I'm a good old boy, I'm gonna mm -hmm. do great yeah. and I'm going <laughs> and I'm going to LA. Like this is Yeah. This was the character, you yeah. know. Yeah. Because the characters you play, you know, sometimes there's a little bit of your character you in resonate you. With yeah, them. yeah, yeah. And so, like, there's pain and there's good. Yeah, yeah. And, but anyway, so the interview went very well. It's on YouTube. Uh, Camp Man and behind the scenes, Gary Busey, Benjamin Chamberlain. You can watch it. It's very awkward. Okay, <laughs> I will one hundred percent watch that. But it's I but, but he's so real, and I'm so real because yeah. it's really like i'm just thinking oh shit this can't go off the rails and the camera crew's just like going like what the fuck? you know everybody's just like this what is happening but it ended up really like really, really beautiful entertaining yeah. yeah because i had to face my fears that i couldn't let him intimidate me yeah that's what he was trying to do at first yeah but he doesn't know i'm playing a character but still it's me ben i gotta get the interview i gotta get the shot Mm -hmm. Like, I can't just walk away. I can't just stop talking. I, I got to just like stand. I got to stand. <laughs> I like to say, I felt like I was kind of standing in the, in the arena with Busey because mm -hmm. he was coming at me hard. Mm -hmm. He's a very intimidating guy. And I say this like, because people will say like, oh, Gary Busey, what happened? What happened on set? I'm saying, well, I'll tell you a story. So Gary, <laughs> I'll tell you a story. I don't know if he's going to hear this, but. So he, so he had production get him a limousine 
to bring him to set in the middle of the woods in northern Michigan. Oh my oh, god, he's one of those. So you guys are all literally camping out like yeah, but a real he had a ho- he had a nice hotel and he would have a limo bring him with his beautiful young wife, and um, oh my god, he needed you to know who he was. You know, I'm okay with it. Maybe I shouldn't be okay with it, but I'm okay with it because <sighs> that dude delivers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, you respect it. And his whole act has nothing to do with you, so you can't take it personally. That's just he's going to be like that. I don't take everyone. it. Per- I don't take it personal. Mm-hmm. And you know what? That mofo delivers. <laughs> when when he had those heavy scenes in the mm-hmm. movie, you see why he's an Academy nominated actor. Yeah, of course. And um, and he wasn't a jerk on set. Just to me, only to me, he just didn't didn't want nothing to do with me. Wow, he has terrible taste in people. So you remember that? <laughs> yeah, I mean. I think like I think like I said, he's a fox, and then I'm a little bit of a fox. And I think it was a fox thing going on. Interesting. Yeah, that's that's what I think. And but thank you, Anna. You're that's, welcome. That's, that's that's very nice of you. And um, but the story I always tell everyone is that. So we're on set. So we got two directors, Eric Johnson, Eric Mashila, double directors in the water. Okay, in this lake, and they're saving this boy. Okay, this boy, the star of the movie, he's 12 years old. It's a summer camp. They're saving the boy. He's drowning. <laughs> and so Gary's not supposed to be on set, but Gary's watching the scene. It's not, he's not even supposed to be there. <laughs> oh my gosh, I hope I don't get in trouble for this. You won't listen but, to um, this, Ben. <laughs> I get, ben, I guarantee you, but, you um, can swear on everything. <laughs> but, um, Gary Busey does not listen to our podcast. <laughs> and if he does, this is, this is well, exciting. <laughs> well, the direct, I think Gary would love this anyway if he heard this. But, because Gary's a handful, they would have Gary shoot his scenes and then leave. Oh. So yeah. he would not even do his scenes to the other actor. They would just shoot all his stuff and wanted him to leave oh, because wow. he is a- Such a handful. A handful. Yeah. <laughs> but he was starting to like everyone because it's a wonderful- People, it's like hundreds, it's like it's like a, probably a hundred cast and crew yeah. at a camp Yeah. in July in yeah. Michigan. That's incredible. Incredible good people mm-hmm. and gary he's sitting on the bench and i'm sitting next to him somehow we're like and he's not supposed to be there and i know that in the scene in the water <laughs> the scene in the water with the boy the line is the boy says to the star of the movie he's a very scrawny 11 year old he says he's drowning he says don't worry i'll be your hasselhoff like david hasselhoff yes like he's gonna save him and that's the line in the movie that's supposed to be in the movie Gary, here's the line in the middle of the take. Gary gets up. He cuts the scene. He's not a director. He's not yeah. even, he's not supposed to. He starts yelling. He runs into the water. No Hasselhoff. No Hasselhoff. He cuts the whole scene. He's in the directors and the crew and the sound are looking at him like, but no one's surprised. You sure. know, because Gary. He's chaotic. Like, and, he yell, and he's yelling to Eric. Eric Mishila was the only director that could like communicate with them uh-huh. so michelle's like what gary what are you doing where are you cutting the scene you know there's like 100 people here you know mm-hmm. so the long story short is david hasselhoff and gary Busey are in a 35 year feud over a woman what over in his, real life in real life someone he's like don't you say that name around me hasselhoff was what? got with his wife or something like that epic. over a woman That's a 35 year old feud that has not been forgiven that Gary and Hasselhoff do not like each other. Whoa. I love that. So, so he had no idea that that name was in the script. He didn't read the damn 
damn script. He's like, I wouldn't have signed on if I knew. <laughs> he, oh, he, I love it. He, he read the script and everything, but he was like, he would say like, I'm not saying this, I'm not saying that, because mm. he's scared. I mean, he, he, knew his, he knew his stuff. But Eric thought, oh, okay, I'll He's say. not going to be there. He's not going to the be there. Scene. But he was there. Yeah. Gets up, cuts the scene, runs into the water. So they film it with a different line to appease him. But that line ends up in the movie. Oh, sorry, Gary. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I think that is such a good tidbit. That is hysterical. So I was right now. Ne- no I was right. Hasselhoff. I was right next to him. Ironically, when, mo- running into the water. Hasselhoff like, style. Like Hasselhoff. I love yes, that. I know. It's I true. It. True as the day. It's so mm-hmm. funny. True as the day. So another a question that we ask all of our guests, all two of our it. guests yeah. before yeah. you. Um, do you know what your astrological sign is? I. <sighs> What's your birthday? I think it's. I think it's Aquarius, January 26th. You're an Aquarius. Yeah. Um, You're the most I don't rare know th- sign. Oh. Yep. Statistically speaking. I'm it's, I think it's like 0.2 of the population. Is, no. Is a, I think it's like very, very rare. I'm, really? I'm probably throwing out the wrong number, but. Well, I'm kind of rare. Very rare. I like feeling we rare. All, we all want to feel special, but yeah. Yeah. Scorpio yeah. is the most common. Aquarius is the least common. Scorpio is the most common. Aquarius is the least common. Yes. So January 26th. Yep, that's Aquarius, baby. Now, what's the, ti- what's the time frame? It's January 20th through February 19th. So it's roughly a month. And what are the main traits of an Aquarius? So we can see if Ben applies to Ben. Well, you know, I'm a, I'm a preemie. I, I was premature born. Oh, really? How many weeks? Five weeks. Oh, so you would have been a Pisces. Yeah, Which I'll, almost makes sense to me. I was going to say, you seem so much more like a Pisces to like me Pisces than an man. Aquarius. Which, it's not a bad thing. It just... No. I, was supposed to be bo- I was supposed to be born on my father's birthday, March 1st. Oh, my yeah. mom's birthday is March 2nd. Oh. Ah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I was five weeks premature. And I want to say this to the podcast audience. It is so cool t- talking like stories. And I was telling Ashley this already and Anna like... Don't we all like to talk about ourselves? Is that a bad thing to <laughs> I say? I think a lot of people. No. no. Everyone you know, I, loves I'm, to talk. Well, Everyone loves to hear themselves talk. And so it's nice to be here and just talk. Sounding mm. board. I have been telling you, you need to start a podcast because oh, Ben is, I mean, listen to Good his storyteller. Listen to his voice. <laughs> It's like velvet. Anyone oh. would just die to listen to you. But oh, he is such a so good nice. storyteller. Yep. He can tell. I remember one time. Well, I only have he, a few of them. No, that's not true. Do you have a I, whole book of them? No, you have a whole book. I do. So I'm an actor, but I drive for Uber. That's how I make most of my money. I used to drive people. Now I've switched over. I still drive some people, but I mostly deliver food in Santa Monica. Because oh, yeah. it's just really nice. But, uh, well, yeah, yes, I, I wrote a book. Um, it's called Memoirs and Confessions of the World's Number One Uber Driver. Love it. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everyone that hears that name, they love it. It's Great just a title. book of book of stories. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's me? just like short stories. It's like short, one page. Short stories, one page. It goes through the top 30 stories of 15,000 trips I took and um, with all different people in LA, everything I learned from trip um, one through trip 15,000, I picked out the top 30. That affected me, uh, made me feel fear, made me feel loved, made me cry. Made you know, I, I, when you talk to someone in your back seat, people open up. Of yeah. course, yeah. So I, I I've been through some crazy stuff in those stories, and I've been through some very poignant things, and mm-hmm. and through some things that you can't believe what people will say to you. And um, I have seen it all. 
So the stories is um, on one page is a one-page story. And at the bottom of the story, it says trip number 37, uh, the distance from UCLA to downtown, the takeaway, what I learned from the trip. And so Such a great idea. The, the mileage. People, people can jump into an Uber driver's shoes. One of the reasons why I wrote it was, number one, I'm a type of guy that just tries so hard at everything. And I'm trying to like taper that back, but you kind of are who you are. And I take things so to the heart. So, of course, my rating's like out of the roof. Yeah. Because I'm a people pleaser and I'm not going to like start a fight. And like, not that I'm like weak, but you got to pick your battles. Sure. You got you got to be like a freaking fox. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> when you're dealing with people because I just yeah. need to get paid and I need to get Move out of my on. car. Out of 15,000, I only I only reported maybe four people out of 15,000. Wow. wow. Where... For me to report you, I had to literally say, I cannot in good conscience not report that person. Mm, yeah. Most oh of the gosh. stuff I could let go. The reason I wrote that book was because my Uber riders, you know, <laughs> I guess I have a friendly face or something. They just start talking to me and people want to talk, you know? Well, you're a very and warm presence. Mm-hmm. I have a it's warm, v- thank It's you. very easy to sit with you and chat with you. To. And you're Likewise. just, you're very easy to talk to. So in my mind, you're like the perfect person to be driving to for Uber. Too. Thank you, Ashley. And I want to be, I want to say likewise to both of you. But also, I've met other Uber drivers who I feel the same thing that I've met some mean Uber drivers. Yeah. Friggin but same. I've met some Uber drivers that you just look at them and you're like, that's an angel. Yeah. You know what I mean? Safe in yeah. Car, yeah. You feel safe. You're just yeah. like, thank you for just being a lot. Thank you for yeah. just being on earth. Mm-hmm. His book is like the perfect coffee table book. Oh, yeah. When I first told him that we were doing this podcast, oh. I told him he needs to have a podcast. I would totally yeah. listen to you if you read your stories from oh. your book you should through do that. a podcast. I would listen to that. But you're also just such a great converse. You're such a great conversationalist oh. that you could have a podcast where you have guests on and you're chatting and talking. And like, I mean, it would be so interesting to listen to. Mm-hmm. I got to tell, I got to talk to your audience for a second. Guys, I'm feeling these girls are so wonderful. And like, thank you, Ashley. And, <laughs> and, uh, if you ever get to come on their podcast, just a lot of warmth here, you know, a lot of openness oh, and love. very sweet. Yeah, then. no, okay. no. But, um, to be able to open up and, and I know everybody has a podcast and everybody's podcasting, but you know, it's, it's, it's gotta be something that you love. And I feel like you love to do it. And, and it's very easy to talk to you as well. I feel like I can't fail. <laughs> so yeah. thank so thank you for for that um and um the book has artwork next to the story and the reason why i wrote it was because i try so damn hard <laughs> yeah. so i literally that i literally pound for pound have one of the highest ratings in the world literally wow ben yeah. that's crazy no no but 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 it's like but that's but the whole book. My friend told me this. One of my best friends, Michael came. Michael came in since kindergarten. He told me the point of the book, Ben, is keep going. Two words: keep going. Whatever you're doing in life, whatever you're going through, whatever you're doing today, keep going. Obviously, I could be like, oh, f l a, f these people, f Uber. That's one attitude. Sure. But you don't want to have that attitude, of course. And then it's cliche what I'm saying, but it's much. It's easier said than done, you know? Yeah. yeah. So the point of the book is keep going. And the point of the book is the stories because um, people would say, tell me your best story. I'm going to link it on and this show's for sure. notes so that people can buy it yeah, on Amazon. I know people yeah, you would can love get that. it on Amazon. I think it's like $18 right now. Mm-hmm. It's hardcover. Mm-hmm. I, 
I specifically because I'm old school. I wanted people to hold the book and 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 not just have it's it tangible. Tangible. Yeah. Feel, yeah. yeah and, mm-hmm. and they can. And the thing about the book is you can read it from cover to cover, or you can just open it up. Yeah. And you can just enjoy one story. Take five minutes. You go into that world. My number one story from that book is this guy. There was this guy, tall, tall, lanky dude, um, blonde hair, blue eyes. He was coming on crutches out of UCLA Hospital on Wilshire in Santa Monica. I'm, I'm, I get out of my car because I want to help him with the crutches. He goes, hey, bro, I'm going to sit in the front seat with you. Is that cool? Right away, I could tell he was, uh, he was already reading me like a book, mm-hmm. right? He gets in the car. And so he's got a broken leg. And he's in there, tall, skinny, uh, maybe 25, 28. Um, and he's like, yeah, man, my mom's a fucking bitch. <laughs> the first thing is, can, you, can I swear on this? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Can you swear? Yeah, okay. He's like, yeah, man, my mom put me in the mental hospital. You know, do, do you fucking believe, do you think I'm fucking crazy? First thing he says to me. Wow. Oh, my baby. <laughs> I don't know. But, 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 Perhaps. But, but his, vibe, his vibe was more... He was just wanting to connect with me, wanting like action. Mm-hmm. Like there's these people out there, like I'm very like, I'm very monotonous. I'm very like, I have my schedule. Mm-hmm. Same, you know, I'm very just routine. But there's people out there, man, they just need the action. They need to go to Vegas. They, they, they can't live in routine. This was him. Yeah. Combative mm-hmm. energy. They jump, they want to, they want to combat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They want like to shock you. Mm-hmm. So he was wanting to shock me, you know, there's just those people out there. And I just, he would just tell me like, yeah, man, I'm going to Vegas this weekend. Yeah, I got a got a t-shirt business going. I got a girlfriend there and I got a girlfriend here in LA, you know, and he's like a bullshitter, you know? Yeah. I didn't believe a damn word he was saying. Yeah. I mean, maybe half of it was true, but like, I didn't care. Like, I knew he was freaking lying to me, but like, I just, I was like, I don't care, man. You know, I know you're lying, but I know some of it's true. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't say that. His mom might've been right. He could have been crazy. I'm sure his mom committed him. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I his feel mom, that. I, his mom committed him. Yeah. I think he was crazy like a fox too, but I do think he got committed too, but it's in, it's in the book. But, and there's other stories of like some romance and some fear and I thought I was going to die and I cried, but oh my gosh, I, what, what, what's next? Your story. Oh, the story of yeah. So, tell us your story. Okay. So we we try to ask like if mm-hmm. do you even have any interest in true crime? Whether or not you do, I watch it all the time. <laughs> really? <laughs> oh yes. What kind of crime interests you? Yeah. One Sunday, I watched Coffee House Crime all day. You know, sometimes I watch uh, Crime Watch Daily. What mm-hmm. I love, like everyone loves the Dateline. Oh, of course. Oh, yeah. Love Dateline because it's so well done. Oh yeah. So well researched. Um, it's not cheesy or anything. Mm-mm. The thing I don't like, and I hope I'm not offending anyone, but I don't like, and I'm an actor, I don't like when they put actors in true oh, crime. Reenact- oh, yeah, reenactment. Yeah, the be- worst. Because, because acting is like, it's very hard to do it right. Yeah. Just show me the people. Give me the interviews of the real people. Yes. You can't You can't match that. No yeah. unless, unless you're Kate Winslet or, 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 you know, Leo or, you know, these guys. I mean, acting's very, but anyway, so not that I'm, judging these reenactments but the reenactments when i'm watching them i'm just like kind of takes you out of yes. the yeah, story yeah, yeah i can't do it can't do yeah. it i turn it off do you have a specific story that you have some type of personal connection mm-hmm. to or something that just really fascinates you mm. you know i'll just say basically for your audience it's just the whole thing with a family and a husband and husband and a wife it's always the love triangle you know it's mm-hmm. always boils down to like the guy, uh, Chris um, Watts. Chris Watts. Yeah. Chris Watts. It's like, 
how does someone get to that point? Mm-hmm. You know, and we watch and we watch and we watch. How does someone get to that point that the only way out is that? You know, we all watch the Chris. I've watched the Chris Watch documentary oh, yeah. a few three times now on Netflix, and they show some pretty honest stuff about. Um, now, okay, there's no excuse, <laughs> of course. There's no excuse. So I, I, I don't want to say the wrong thing, but like the girl wore on him so much, there's no excuse, but she wouldn't let him see his family. Like, you know what I mean? They, she wouldn't let the parents come to the wedding. Mm-hmm. And um, in the moment he, he snapped. Yeah. And he built up because the dude was, he was getting pushed down, pushed down, pushed down. I'm not playing devil's advocate. What I'm saying is, is we see in the documentary, the way she told him, Dress up in the Santa suit. Mm-hmm. Dress up in the Santa suit. Where are you, Santa? The dude was, he was imploding. Yeah. yeah. The mo- that mofo exploded. But you can kind of understand you can how understand it, it developed. Not an excuse, right. but you can see how it developed. Yeah. The mofo was in, 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 and then he became the Hulk. Yeah. When she said, you will never see these girls again. Then we know the rest of the story. It's easier to stand on the outside and say, bro. Just leave. Just mm-hmm. talk to a therapist. I don't know. Well, it shows what a normal person, seemingly normal person, is norm- capable of. Is that what interests uh, you? I'm, is yeah, yeah. Like in yeah, how 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 does a human being get to that point in the whole thing of nature versus nurture and the whole thing of like I, I don't know, but yeah. And then when you watch these things of when a woman kills a man, I think most of the time it's the man killing the woman. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes a mother will drive the van into the ocean with the kids. Yeah. So we watch this. And the reason I watch is because I, I, I don't know why I, I want to learn. It's a morbid curiosity, probably. Yeah. Morbid curiosity. And it's it, it awakens me to be like. Keep it together. Keep it together. That's <laughs> yeah, what I was trying to say. Yeah, because yeah. a lot of us want to think it, that we're not capable of those things. And you see normal people snap and it's it awakens me. It awakens me like stay like 10 steps before you snap yeah yeah stay like 20 50 steps back just yeah. to be safe <laughs> yeah. and 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 we all capable of snapping we've all had the rage we've all had murderous thoughts mm-hmm. but we've all felt the road rage where yeah. does road rage lead jealousy hate anger but some people actually don't just think it but they act it out so so yes we watch because it's fascinating i watch because it awakens me to to be like okay you got a pretty good life ben calm mm-hmm. down yeah, it's know? not worth it <laughs> nothing's worth it it just puts things into perspective but thank you that's what i was trying to say yeah. self-awareness is a beautiful thing luckily Self-aw- you have that self-awareness mm-hmm. so your average joe snapping is what interests you the most yeah because you know i did watch the Je- jeffrey dahmer documentary if that's different than chris watts oh very it's quite a bit different because jeffrey dahmer was more almost emotionalist well the, because he's yeah. a sociopath was antisocial personality he's disorder anti-social. he's mentally ill so as mentally Ill. and chris watts was never diagnosed with anything it was more of a crime of passion yeah his, versus okay diagnosed mental illness even though i wouldn't consider that crime of passion because it was very well thought out but sure yeah. but it's, it's also interesting mm-hmm. so yes you're right um Probably the Dahmer, I just... I have zero interest in that sort of situation. Probably doesn't interest me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because he was killing little animals when he was really young, you know? Mm-hmm. And he had that thing. And I think it's stories are important. And even stories of uh, tra- tragedy. 
mm-hmm. maybe yeah. uh, stories of um, personally. Now I'm going on. I I don't I don't love Martin Scorsese movies. Are they excellent? Yes, mm-hmm. but they just leave me like, oh my gosh! I just want to be with my family, and my brother. You know, like they just leave me feeling like, do these dark things happen in the world? Yeah, they do. So I guess learning about learning about the darkness can help, you know. Yeah. Who's your favorite director? Well, I got to meet him actually. Damien Chazelle, director of La La Land. Oh, okay. Director of Whiplash. Director of, um, he's got a movie coming out called Babylon. La La Land, Whiplash, and First Man. I just think, Damien, if you're listening, great work. I got to meet him twice. He is flawless. His films, he's going on his fourth film. They're perfect. They're perfect. I got to talk to him a little bit, and I said, Damien, when Ryan Gosling played Neil Armstrong, got to the point where he stepped on the moon for the first time. I felt like I was stepping on the moon with him. Mm. And I told him that. He goes, yeah, that's what we try to do. Yeah, yeah that, was, you know? that was the point. <laughs> I like, love that. He was like, that was the point, brother. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. But like... I'm not a filmmaker. I, I'm not a, you know, to, to a film to even be created, it's a miracle it that is. a film can get done and that people will even watch and that people will even be connected. It's so hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even you have huge budget films and da, 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 and everybody's attached and everybody, and it's a freaking, what is this? It's a, mm-hmm. it's a failure. I won't mm-hmm. say which ones, but mm-hmm. it happens. Yeah. But so, and people will say this, what I'm saying too, the scenes might have been too drawn out. But it's Denny Villeneuve, so he can do what what he wants. But Arrival is one of my favorite films of the yeah. last of the last ten years. Did you see Dune? Oh yeah, I saw Dune in IMAX. Yeah, and I don't even really like sci-fi, but that was one of the most incredible things I have ever seen in my life. No, no, it's um, insane. It's very special. The yeah. way that the it's the entrances. I don't know if you noticed that in that movie. The entrances of every single scene were insane. Like walking off of the spaceship, or wa- not spaceship, or like wa- the mm-hmm. whatever, and then like walking into the home, and then walking through the death. It's like every single first second of a scene. Yeah. chills down my sp- every. It was incredible. What Denny did with Dune is is very special, and we had to appreciate it because um, most things are done on green screen now and just very quickly done. And mm-hmm. what he did was he climbed Mount Everest with that film, and um, this, the set pieces were built. They lived in the desert, you know, and um, that was his passion project, Dune, and then Dune Messiah, and it did really well. Like I think it's at four hundred million now worldwide. So the the film's pretty special. We're so inundated with information and and scrolling through Instagram and and everything. And it's just like... We're all desensitized. We're desensitized to like, it's great that if we can just stop and pause for a second, appreciate Dune, you know, it's it's really, really a good thing. And of course, we love seeing, we love movies that we remember movies because they make make us emotional, you know? Yes. They make us film. I've seen movies where I didn't have any emotion once or cry once. You don't remember those. Don't remember those movies. But... um, one of the most beautiful scenes was when Timothy Chalamet and um, Oscar Isaac plays mm-hmm. his father. He says, uh, you know, something like, Father, um, I, I don't know if I want to be the leader in the desert. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and Oscar Isaac, brilliant Oscar Isaac. Yeah, I love him. He says, uh, you know, if, I, I'm not getting the words word for word, but he says, if you choose to lead or not lead, that's okay. Just that you're my son. Yeah. You've already done enough. I know. I start crying at that part. And I never forget that. Like, 
because Oscar delivered it it's seamlessly. It yeah. felt it felt completely yeah. from the heart, just like a father to a son, mm-hmm. and just like how why we watch those great actors is because they're not acting, you know. And a lot of mm-hmm. times, as actors, we want to show what, what we can do or show the emotion. Mm-hmm. But what Oscar did, and he will never say this, but he just kept it simple. He felt it. Yeah. Another movie I saw that I had like an extreme emotional reaction to that I wasn't expecting it mm-hmm. was that Matthew McConaughey movie, um, Interstellar. Like I, that's one of those movies that I, I was watching it in bed and the entire time I was in a 90 degree, well, I can't even speak, a 90 degree angle leaning forward because I couldn't believe what I was watching. I couldn't believe what I was processing. Incredible movie. I'm clapping right now because I'm very excited that you said that, Anna, because Interstellar Yes. And I hate, anything space related scares me. So I always hesitate to watch anything related to it. So that was one of the first I've ever seen. And it was in something, it didn't feel terrifying. If anything, there was comfort to it. Yeah, definitely. There was a lot of comfort. Mm -hmm. Um, That movie. Bigger plan. That's another, that's Christopher Nolan. Mm -hmm. Um, Some critics didn't appreciate that. But let me tell you, Christopher Nolan played all the heartstrings. Oh my gosh. And if Christopher Nolan's listening, keep playing those heartstrings, brother. Because he's a genius too. And I'm not just throwing out that word. He made the movie Tenet and not, not much not much heart going on, you know? But Interstellar and and I can have an opinion. But um Interstellar, yes. I saw that about five times. Mm-hmm. Um can't get sick of it. It's impossible to. The message I got when I watched it the first time, I felt about it. And and everyone will interpret that movie a different way, but I I felt like ambition versus simplicity. Mm -hmm. Basically, his daughter says, Don't go. And of course, he has to save the world. Yeah. I feel like there was some ambition in him too, because a man has to feel like he's doing something, kind of conquering, you know, kind of like doing what he's called to do. Mm -hmm. So that's what he really believed. But his daughter felt something very differently. Mm -hmm. As if she knew. I think she knew. Of course. I think she knew. And that's why the message what I got was really simple is just stay home with your family, yeah. you know? And of course, that's easier said than done. And that's like, we, we can't always live in a world like that. But it's even like about trusting your gut instinct, because sometimes maybe it isn't just a feeling as much as you've already lived that moment. And it's your past self trying to communicate to your present self. That's what I got a little bit from that movie as well. The whole other thing was the whole thing of time travel in, into the black hole and yeah. c- coming back. And um, Christopher Nolan researched that so well, and his team made that black hole mm-hmm. in the movie. Mm-hmm. Well, three years later, NASA discovered <laughs> got, a, got a picture of the black hole, and it's very similar to yeah. what Chris Nolan had made. Had made. Mm-hmm. But um, oh my gosh, when McConaughey's like falling through the black hole, he's incredible. And, He's great. Yeah. He he really had a renaissance with um with Mud and then Dallas um, Buyers Club. Yeah, Dallas Buyers Club and then True Detective. He really had quite a renaissance. But uh, yeah, when he's falling through that thing, I can hear it right now. When Chris Nolan, I don't know Hans Zimmer, they turn oh. off they turn off the he sound. Did Dune too, well, right? Yeah. All yeah, the music. Yeah. yeah. Hans. Yeah, Hans Zimmer. Um, you have great taste in movies, Ben. <laughs> great yeah. Taste. Think yes, uh, you too, Anna. <laughs> I just complimented myself. <laughs> we have great taste we in do. movies. We do. Um, but before I get too excited, we have to we have to cover the um, story that you have to tell us. Okay. Yeah. So, what kind of story do you have? A, a spooky story or a uh, true crime related story related to you in some capacity? Yes. 
kind of in all in that vein, since we're talking about um, what kind of um, spousal stuff, uh, spousal things and how that can go awry. And then, um, well, three weeks ago, I was in Santa Monica waiting for a call on 2nd Street in Arizona. Mm. It's a Monday at 11 a.m. And I'm in my car, you know, waiting for a call to go deliver Starbucks to someone. (laughs) I look up my window and no one's around. It's Monday in the middle of the day. This girl's weeping, running down the sidewalk. And a guy is following her. She's saying, stay away. Don't, don't come closer. Don't come closer. And she's just distraught. And I'm watching this. And he like takes one step closer and she takes a step back. And she's like, no. But so I'm watching this like, like what, what in the hell? So this is going on for about three minutes. And he's like, kind of like a zombie. And he's like, come here, come here. Trying to get her to come back to him. So I don't know if I should get out of my car. And a guy across the street started watching. Then all of a sudden, the guy chases her down, chases her down and grabs her. And she screams, ah, you know, no, 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 don't touch me. I like, get away, you know. So I get out of my car and I run up to both of them. I shocked him. And, and he looks at me and she looks at me. And I don't even look at him. And I just say, are you okay? Can I help you? Do you want me to call the police? And when I said that, he turned into the devil. And he just started like, I'm sorry, I have to be coarse. Started grabbing his junk. Started pounding his chest. Started masturbating. <gasps> Oh, yeah, mother, mother, you want to pee, you know, because I was... Was he homeless? No, it was her her abusive boyfriend. <gasps> yeah, he was stalking oh her. God. He was stalking her right in front of me. Then he went and grabbed her. And that's when I jumped out of my car and I said, what are you guys doing? What are you guys doing? Wow. And so they broke up and looked at me and I'm like, only talking to her. Let me help you. Let me help you. I kept telling him, I said, she doesn't want you here now, okay? She did, But he was not listening to that. Yeah. I said, she doesn't want you to listen to her. And he was not listening to me. By this time, I'm on the phone with 911, right? Mm. And a guy was yelling at me across the street now. He said, you calling the cops? I said, you going to call the cops? You want me to call the cops? They break apart and he starts charging me. And luckily I was on the phone with the police and I backed up and I said, he's charging me. He's charging me. I'm talking to the police. He's charging me. He's charging me. And so he stopped. So what's, what's crazy about this is then she immediately stopped crying and she walked away with him. This is the abusive, this is the abuser cycle. She walked with him away while he's grabbing himself, giving me F you. He's talking just trash while he's walking away and I'm on the phone with the cops. Yeah. But she just walked right with him. And I could see the relationship of an abuser mm-hmm. right in front of me. Yeah. Right? So, so did they, the police come? Well, I'm on the phone with the police. They're walking down the sidewalk. He's grabbing himself. He's just doing very gross things. And he's yelling as he's walking away. And she's walking with him. Then I had to, well, I had two orders to complete. And so I'm doing this while I have two orders I had to do. So I was late on the orders, but the orders doesn't matter, of course. So I go around the block because I want to know what happened, you know, da-da-da. And so what happened was, was the cop got him. Had him separated on the sidewalk and, uh, yeah, uh, talking to uh, the girl and the other cop was talking to the guy. Mm-hmm. So get, I kind of broke up a domestic dispute. Yeah. And insane. and saw that girl in one second turned 180 degrees. At first she was terrified and crying. And when I went into their world, it was like she didn't want him to get in trouble, you know? Yeah. 
That's so sad. Yeah. It's a very hard cycle. It, I don't know. It's very sad. It I'm is happy very you sad. called the cops. I know. I'm glad that you did something. Some people just. I was very afraid. Yeah. In, in talking about gut instinct mm-hmm. or in, your mm-hmm. intuition. I knew not to jump in, but as soon as he grabbed her, I jumped in. And yeah. I, I was scared because it was very personal what I was saying. I was mm-hmm. saying, hey, she doesn't want you there. I wasn't like coming at him. Yeah. Oh, but he was not having it. He was not having it. And she was like, no, no, I'm okay. She wasn't, no. No, of course no, she's of not course okay. she wasn't okay. Well, I really she, hope she's not with him anymore and that she's safe. I hope so too. She should not be with him. Huge oh. red flags. Oh, Huge. yes. <laughs> yeah, I would say yeah. so. I mean, yeah. I mean, gigantic red flags. Yeah. They should not be together, but you just can't, You when you're in the, thing, when you're in the relationship, you can't see the red flags. No. Okay, so tell us one more time, what is your book called and where do people get it? The book is Memoirs and Confessions of the World's Number One Uber Driver. Mm-hmm. What I experienced and learned from driving over 15,000 trips in Los Angeles, plus the stories you won't believe. Hardcover, Amazon, and uh, it's art and stories. And it's a coffee table book. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Well, Ben, you did such a good job. I know. Oh, this was so, so much fun. fun. Well, and I've never been more convinced that you need your own podcast. Yes. Well, I'm invigorated. Yeah, I just feel like thank you for letting me come on. I feel um, I feel useful. <laughs> you and, are, and uh, just uh, I feel use. You know, just feel thank you. I feel healed, and uh, yeah, this is great. Just yeah. you know, the world needs connection and conversation yeah. like like this. You know, yeah, and, LA uh, can be a very lonely, sad place, and it's nice to be with like minded people. Yeah. And now you get to play mini golf with your friend Brett in the backyard (laughs) and eat pizza with us. (laughs) Oh, oh, yes. You know, I heard also there's another side of the podcast with with the uh, the drinks. Um, Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. We do cocktails. Yes. Mm So (laughs) Brett has already started on those little cocktails. And I Uh do watch your cocktails sometimes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I just have to say, like, I'm dying well, I feel like, man, I have earned a cocktail and some pizza. <laughs> and, hey, I hate um, to say it, but make me a drink. <laughs> I'm, I'm ready for a drink. Yeah, we are too. I'll make yeah, you a drink. And you, and you know what? I was telling Brett, like, I don't want to drink before. You know, it's so smart that we didn't have the cocktail now. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. No, I didn't. We learned that too. Oh, I learned, we learned that the, too. We learned yeah. the hard, hard way. way. We, yes. Yeah. yeah. I am not my best self. No. Or I no. am too good of myself. <laughs> no, it's hard to formulate. Slur, it's yes. hard to formulate thoughts. Totally. It's hard to be thing. Um, but now you get to have a drink. Yeah. Now you get to reward yourself after this. Well, I'm going to. Ha- thank you. I cannot wait to have a drink. Um, <laughs> Ashley, and I'm going to pick your brain about all this fancy equipment you got here. And, oh, uh, yeah. And um, I'll walk you through whatever you need to start your show. Yep. We're supporting this. But you need a team. You need a hey, team. Hey, we're here. Yeah. We can be your team. Yeah. This is great. Yeah. Oh, you know, I would love to g- take a selfie or something. With, oh, with, yeah, with, let's with, do with it. With our yeah, headphones on, maybe. Yeah. yeah, we can do it. And um, just because uh, I might post something and say, hey, check out this podcast. That'd be awesome. Da, da, da. Yeah. So, Thank okay. you. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah, we would love that. Yeah. Thank you so okay, much. Thank you Pleasure so having much, you. Ben. I love you, girls. We love you. We love you, Ben. Good night. Good night. (laughs) Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you enjoy listening. We owe everything to the many journalists, authors, filmmakers, psychiatrists, and psychologists whose extensive work and expertise we pulled from to share this episode with you. 
For all of our detailed source material, please visit our website, thecrimebarpodcast.com. If you'd like to see content from today, you can find us on Instagram at crimebarpodcast. We really love doing this show, and if you'd like to help with the continued creation of it, you can support by donating to our Patreon, which we have linked on our website as well as our Instagram, patreon.com slash crimebarpodcast. This episode was hosted by Ashley Brumley-Johnson and Ana Katharina. We'll see you next week.